Welcome back to Pursuing Justice. I'm Harriet Hendel. We began a series of podcasts last month where we were talking about the impact of prison on children when one or both parents are incarcerated. Amy Friedman, a friend and a writer and an activist from California, was one of our guests. She created a club for high school students called POPs, Pain of the Prison System, a club which offered a safe place to share that intimate fact, having a parent behind bars. Today, five million kids have a parent in prison. Thanks to Amy, I'll be speaking with four young adults who are all too familiar with the many challenges of staying connected to a mom or a dad in a correctional facility. Over the next few weeks, we will meet these very special guests, each of whom have handled their situation differently. And today we have Karen Ariano, who is a member of POPs, the club. Karen, welcome. So glad you could come on the podcast today. Thank you for having me. Oh, you're very welcome. <laughs> Congratulations to you on your upcoming graduation from the University of California at Irvine. When is your actual graduation date? Um, I'll be graduating on the 12th this week. Oh, wow. Very, very soon. Okay. Is it a virtual graduation? Uh, yeah, they were going to hold a virtual graduation ceremony, but I didn't sign up for it. So I'm, I'll just be done. You just be done. <laughs> okay. You must be very, very proud of yourself. The road to this milestone in your life was not an easy one. Tell us, our listeners, tell us a little bit about your, your background. Yeah, so um, I got involved with POPs when I was already in college. I was It was my first year of college. I actually um, got back in contact with my father after not being in contact with him throughout uh, some part of middle school and then my entire time in high school. Um, and I was just inspired to open up a club at the college, at the community college I was in. So I looked up uh, incarceration-based clubs um, online and I found Amy Friedman's uh, interview on YouTube. So <laughs> I went ahead and emailed her and ever since then she pulled me into the program and I'm on a communications intern now and I've been involved with POP since. That's terrific. When you looked up clubs, I, I, I kind of meant to do that myself and, and got like, a little distracted in preparing for the podcast today. Um, are there other clubs besides Echoes of Incarceration, which is New York-based, and tied to uh, the Quakers, actually, the American Friends um, Committee. Um, are there others besides that one and Pops that you found? Actually, yeah, there's um, a couple others. There's Developing the, uh, Despite Distance. I believe they are based in Detroit. And then oh. there's another club called Daughters Beyond Incarceration, which is specifically for daughters who have a parent in prison. And that one's in New Orleans, I believe. Oh, so that's about, is that about it? That's a pretty short list, right? Um, that's, 
that's all I know. I'm pretty sure there's more, but um, those are the organizations I've um, actually seen and heard the heard people speak on. Okay, I'll have to do that. Uh, I, I'm very curious to know if there are more. Certainly, we could use many, many more. Um, I'm here, based here in Sarasota, Florida. And when I made contact with Amy a number of years ago, we both tried to bring pops here. Mm -hmm. And I had been uh, a mentor with some high school, middle and high school students uh, for, for many years and thought, uh, well, maybe because I do work in the school system with them, I could, I would have some pull. And I wrote personal letters to all the principals and I never got any response whatsoever. I even sent them the wonderful literary journal that pops uh, prints and then Amy followed up and nothing, nothing came of it. So um, we know that it's very, very necessary. And one of the young men that I, I interviewed um, with Echoes talked about the feeling that he was all alone, that nobody else was going through this. Did you have a similar feeling yourself growing yes. up? Growing up, I had that feeling all the time. I felt very alienated too. Um, I, didn't rec I didn't really connect with my peers. And um, for me personally, the victims... Um, family members they lived around my community in the same street that I lived on um, so and then they went to school they went to the same elementary school and middle school and stuff so um, you know the mothers the elders they would you know comment <laughs> stare I actually found out I, I thought my dad was in prison for a traffic violation, I actually found out um, the, severity, the severity of a case and, and his life sentence through a class member. I see. Wow. And that's not a way to find out. Now, your dad is, um, where is he incarcerated? He is in uh, the California Treatment Facility in Corcoran. I, I think it's out of. <laughs> okay. And um, he his sentence is... What? What is he, he has two life sentences plus twenty five years to life without parole. So it looks like he's not coming out, correct? Mm, correct. Right. And and tell us about your connection to him, uh, or maybe lack of. Did did things change uh, over the years for you in terms of your uh, relationship with him? Yes, they did. Um, when I growing up, when I was little, I, I my dad was everything to me, right? I could go to him and speak to about speak to him about anything. I always missed him. I always loved for him. He always wrote to me. He sent me um, drawings and and books and Christmases, and and I would visit him every time my grandma would take me, which was not often, but I was always looking forward to that and and. Actually, she told me once that um, we couldn't see him because he was in the shoe and mm. um, they tried to get me out and I just started running around, running from them because I didn't want to leave around the visiting room. And um, I was running around so that they wouldn't catch me because I wanted to <laughs> see my dad and I started crying. So <laughs> that was my tantrum. 
but yeah, I love my dad very much. And, and he, I felt like he was the only person I could talk to then. Um, and like now that I'm an adult, our relationship is different and it's more complicated and, and we argue more, but we're, we try to stay connected and to uh, strengthen our relationship. So the communication lines, have they always been open, Karen, with him? Um, as far as how, what do you mean? Well, were there any breaks in the communication where you weren't in touch with him? That's oh, yeah. Right. Yeah, actually, um, what I, I actually had to move to, well, as a child, I had to move to Mexico for twice for a year with my grandma. Um, and I wasn't in contact that, with him at all during those times. Actually, the second time that I went, um, he actually never even noticed that I had left. Wow. <laughs> That's how often I visited. But, um, yeah, I came back and I visited him as soon as I came back. And I was like, yeah, I've been in Mexico the whole time. Hmm. I was like, oh, I didn't even know that. <laughs> you were gone a whole year, you said? Two years. Twice. Two years? Yeah. Wow. That's great. Um, so, and then I saw him, the last time I saw him was also in sixth grade. After that, I, we fell out of contact until college, my first year of college. Oh, that's a big space in between. When you say you fell out of contact, you didn't even write to him or speak to him by phone? Is that what no. you mean? Yes. No. But today, even though you say you have differing, you know, uh, perspectives on things, um, you you can you still have a, a good line of communication to him. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. All right. And w when's the last? Well, now with the virus, of course, there are no visiting. Uh, there no no one's visiting anybody in in a prison anywhere in the country. Um, when is the last time that you visited with him? Oh, the last time I went was I believe in. November, I believe November. Oh, that was a while ago. Yeah, it was a while ago. We had a family visit scheduled for May, so we weren't, we were trying not to visit often because it is expensive. And he told me to wait until May since I had a family visit then. But because right. of the coronavirus, I, it got canceled. Yeah, right, right. Now, usually when you were young, you said your grandma took you. Is that generally how you got to see him? Yeah, it's yeah. My right. grandmother would take me. She couldn't drive herself, so she had to rely on her husband, um, and his schedule. So, and how how big a trip was it? Where has he moved around a great yes. deal? Yeah, so, <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's very he's often. Been in several different. Um, yeah. He's been in several different institutions. The longest one, I believe, was he always tried not to go so far, like in San Quentin and stuff like that. But the longest one was, I believe, Salinas Valley, which is like five hours up north. Mm, that's a long and, and now, how how far away is he right now? He's three hours up north. That's a long Three hours round trip or one uh, way? One way. One way. About yeah. three hours. That's that's exhausting. Yeah, it's uh, it's very, very difficult. And when when you're little, um, it's it's a very different story visiting uh, compared to where you are now, where 
if the prison was open, you could take yourself there and drive there. Um, mm -hmm. As a little one, you can't do that. So back to um, to Pops. Um, how how do you see a, a club like Pops? What what value does it have? Um, you you weren't part of it in in high school as many kids are, but how do you how do you view Pops? Yeah, so I really never benefited off the self expression uh, part of Pops, but like Pops did create a positive community for me and it created um, also uh, opportunities for, to intern at Pops and to help students like me within the organization. Um, so just being around people that understand me and people that uh, are supportive and, 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 you know, willing to um, talk about your dad without, any stigma, right. it's very empowering. It's very, um, it's nice. <laughs> that's great. Can you, do you have an opportunity now to share your story with the members of POPs? Yeah, so uh, sometimes I go to site visits um, and I introduce myself and I tell them a little bit about myself and that's where a little bit of my story comes out. Mm. And yeah, what what do you get as a response from from the kids? You know, so it just depends on the kids. Um, some they they like to stay quiet, but I feel like the the most so pops has this program also with um, Mark Twain Middle School, and I felt very like efficient, I felt very helpful and I felt really uh, proud because when I went to go share my experiences with these middle school kids, they just started opening up and the therapist had told me that this was a, the first time they opened up and I just felt really, um, I don't know, I just felt really good about being able to help other kids open up about their stories. Absolutely. What when you were? Let's go back in time when you were growing up. Who who helped you? Well, when I was growing up, I didn't. Really, that's the. That's why I I'm so grateful for pops, because I feel like pops. Um, after so many years of suppressing things, I feel like pops was there, and and I was able to finally open up. Um, growing up, that wasn't really a topic that you spoke about. In fact, many of my family members from my dad's side don't really speak to that my dad for that reason. Mm -hmm. um, it's just not really spoken within the family. You, they just know that your parent is in prison and they forget about it and that's it. Um, yeah. Do you think it's denial that, you know, just almost pretending he isn't there? I think it's denial, but also... The fact that my family members are were raised in like a machismo kind of thing where you don't really speak about your feelings. <laughs> right. Okay. So, so that's part part of it as well. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I I guess you know um, I think it translates down to children that if something is not spoken of, I I think 
we believe that they won't notice, <laughs> but that isn't really true. I think kids are far more observant of us as adults than we think. And mm-hmm. I think they pick up a tone. What, what you know, you, you had such a, a difficult time as, as a child. How, how did, where did you put this piece of your childhood with your dad um, incarcerated? How, how did you yourself um, uh, justify, or not justify, that's really the wrong word. How, how did you incorporate it, I guess, into yourself? What did you do with that information? Um, as far as my father's incarceration? Yeah. I, I don't really know how to answer that question. I just, I always, I don't know. I just, I was always in contact with my father. Um, and I always loved him and I knew I loved him and I just didn't That's speak great. about it because other people just wouldn't understand. Right. So your way was you had a connection to him, but it was a private thing within you. You kept, you kept your cards, as they say, close to your chest. You, you didn't really share it with anyone. Do you think as you look back, it would have been easier, maybe healthier to have had a pops club or something like it where you could see other children dealing with the same situation as you were? Yes, it would have. And I, I would have appreciated a pops club at my elementary school because I felt like that was when it was most impactful for me. Mm. That was when I was going through a lot of uh, emotions internally and I just didn't know how to deal with them. So I just kept to myself and I would color. And no one, and no one knew, right? What, What you were that little secret. Um, now, Amy, in starting Pops in, I think, 2013, um, why did she choose to start it at the high school level and not, as you just said, you could have used someone when you were a lot younger? Do, do you know what her reasoning was? I don't know exactly what her reasoning was, but I believe it's because... Um, they, I don't know, actually, um, I believe it's because, honestly, I think it was because um, she was tied to Venice High School. That's yeah, where maybe. she would hold the writing workshops. Um, and right. yeah, that's yeah, her. Maybe so. Her husband is, was a English teacher within that um, classroom. And that's where it all started. He that's read right. a letter. Right. Of John Rodriguez, which was formerly incarcerated, was former class. Um, he was in his former class, so a, a a a class. One of the class members, she just started opening up after she heard the letter, and and hmm. Amy was inspired from that, and and she was like, you know, we need a club, and they That's opened up the first amazing. club at Venice High. Hmm. Yeah, I I can see too the the literary journal that they put out the um it's just amazing each one that they an anthology i guess is a better way to say it um that's tough to do with little kids whereas 
high school kids have more of a facility to express their thoughts in writing or in artwork or the two guests I spoke to uh, before you talked about film, documentary film. And mm-hmm. that's a, another wonderful creative outlet to share your, your story. So yeah. now, now at, at Pops, um, what exactly is your role? Yeah, so I am the communications intern, and I do newsletters. I um, interview people, specifically volunteers, to be featured on those newsletters. And um, I also write thank you letters for donors. And I have the opportunities to go to site visits sometimes and observe. And yeah, that's my role. Oh, that's great. Can you tell us, we have a few minutes left, when you say site visits, what what do you mean by that? Well, you just go to uh, different pops clubs at different high schools and you observe and you see if they need anything or how the club is being ran. Oh. Yeah. And how, how many um, different sites are there that you visit? I was visiting, recently I was visiting two, the Venice site and the James Monroe, and um, my supervisor, and they were visiting, we're split up, (laughs) so I was visiting two of them, and they were visiting other areas in LA. Now, I wanted to ask you, as as an almost graduate, you're pretty much there. <laughs> what are your What are your long term goals for yourself? What would you like to do with your uh, diploma? Um, well, I would like to take this year to um, apply to law school and oh, pursue a law degree. And why the law? I was just always inspired by my parents' stories. Um, my dad. I, I, he was convicted for first degree murder, which I, behind the reason, it, the court's reasoning for first degree, sorry, the, the court's reasoning for first degree was that he thought of pulling the trigger three seconds before he did, and that was premeditated. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, he didn't even know the people. He was, be, he was followed. Um, he didn't know the people, so... I don't that and then my mom as well like she she was she went to county when she was pregnant of me she came out before I was born and that was because of difference of attorneys um her attorney was able to negotiate with the state and they dropped all her charges so she was very lucky otherwise she would have been in prison right now if it had not been for her attorney Mm. and I would have been in foster care (laughs) I would have grown up in foster care yeah so you see the impact of uh, a good lawyer, uh, and that's uh, that's what you will do with your life. I, I think that's a wonderful, wonderful goal, uh, Karen, and certainly uh, I wish you well. That's that's sensational. Um, thank you so very, very much for sharing your your stories. We didn't even mention your mom. You just did. So you you have really had. Both parents, of course, she got out before you came along, but um, that that's a rare experience. Um, so you had a lot of tumultuous 
events growing up, returning to Mexico, coming back here, and then going back there again. When's the last time that you went to Mexico? I actually went in 2018 because my oh. grandfather passed away. Um, oh, but I was only there for like like two days. I see. So that was yeah. uh, uh, that. That's uh, it's a very different place than uh, than here. So, well, mm -hmm. I, I I wish you well in your in your studies uh, in the uh, in the law. Will you stay in California and and apply to law school there? Yes, I will. I, I oh. plan to. Great, wonderful. Well, I appreciate your openness, your honesty, and I'm so glad that you are involved with uh, Pops the Club. Um, I'm sure you're a role model to the kids there. Uh, and as you say, you tell your story and you show them that they're not by themselves. That uh, And they also see what you've done or are doing uh, with your life. And that I think is a wonderful motivation as well. Thank you again for your time today and sharing your experiences. And I want to let our listeners know that if you have any comments or questions, please write to me at pursuing.justice5 at gmail.com. And we will be seeing uh, everyone next time. We have another Pops Club um, a student to, uh, to interview the next time. Thank you again, Karen. Good Thank to you. have you with us. Good to be here.